Hello and welcome to episode 189 of Laps Gamer Radio. I am your host, Mark Hamer, and joining me tonight, Mr. Nick Case. Hello. Hello. And Mr. Andy... You still haven't learned it yet, have you? <laughs> no, I haven't. <laughs> I just call you Andy Piddy, so I never I never <laughs> learn it. Pronounce it again. Piddyetsky. Piddyetsky. See, I th- do you know what? I, I I know it's that, and then when I come to say it, I'm like, but what if it's wrong? I'm just going to leave it high. And then, um, Pidietsky. Yeah. It's it's not how it's spelled. Yeah. Pidietsky. 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 All right. It's burning into my mind. I will remember. Um, yeah, it's been a while since we've done an episode. We've been a bit busy. Holidays, marriages, other bits and pieces. So, um, yeah, should we just get caught up on what we've been up to over the last few weeks? First of all, um, me and Andy were lucky enough to attend Nick's wedding, which was lovely. It was. <laughs> Nick's doing jazz hands in the camera. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it was a lovely. It was a lovely day. It was lovely to meet both of you finally. Well, you'd already met me, kind of. I, I met you your shoulder. Didn't... You met my shoulder at EJX a couple of years ago. Uh, and took a, took a photo over over and including part of my shoulder, and then ran off without saying hello. <laughs> um, I was like, "Oh, there's Stuart Neal there," and I took a picture of Stuart and tweeted him. And then you were like, "That that's that's my shoulder." Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was lovely to meet both you uh, finally, and yeah, it was a, it was a lovely day, lovely wedding. Yeah. Um, Lovely reception, Andy. Andy, what did you do at the reception? If you'd like to uh, let people know, I had a drink. <laughs> All right. No. In the, <laughs> so in the corner there were some mame cabinets. Yeah. So we decided what they were. Nick? Yeah. They were oh, main. probably. Yeah. yeah. Pres- presuming that's what they were running. Yeah. I um, did two things. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> or do you want to save it till video games? All right, I can tell you one. <laughs> I brought Gallagher. So I was playing Gallagher. Yeah, you did. Oh, shit, I forgot about that. <laughs> oh, I thought that's what you were getting yeah. at. No, 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 no. And I was getting at something else. But I, no, I completely forgot that you broke the Gallagher machine. Yeah. <laughs> well, it broke. Um, it was the most popular one there as well, right? Yeah. Everyone, People were going up trying to break high scores, and then you went and broke it. Did you set a high score before you broke it, at least? Mm, nope. It just crashed on me. It just crashed, okay. It just couldn't handle how good you were, basically. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah, Claire's, so Claire's so work colleagues were uh, were betting, e- betting each other drinks who could get the highest score. That's why there was such a big, like, rabble and kept going up, <laughs> apparently. Yeah. So, yeah. It was a neat idea. I've never, never yeah. seen arcade cabinets at a wedding before. Yeah, we... I, I mean, I've been to precisely... Two weddings now, um, one including your own. One of them being my own. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it was the first for me as well. But we saw them a while ago at like a um, wedding fair thing we went to, and mm. I was basically like, "I need these," and Claire was just like, "Okay, <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay, fine." Did she, did she gently pat you on the head as she said that? Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. I put you in the car. No, it was good. <laughs> <laughs> It was quite funny though because like they were literally in a corner 
Like as you walked mm. into the room in the corner of the room for the evening reception, there were just three arcade yeah. cabinets there. And it's amazing how quickly the geek corner formed for the rest of the night. Yep. And you just yep. stayed there. It was great. Yeah. All the nerds kind of gravitated towards it. Mm. Um, yeah, it was good. It was good fun. Um, but Andy, yeah, you managed to start and then play to completion the <laughs> Simpsons I did. arcade game. I did. I got in, in, one, in one go. Yep. <laughs> kind of grave <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was good fun um do you have a do you have a nice honeymoon you went up to the um, the northeast right uh yeah yeah so mild, mild we went to ground. northumbria northumberland whatever you want to call it um mm. so yeah we went, went up there for like a week uh did some sightseeing did a lot of sightseeing saw a lot of castles mm. all the castles some might say um Went to There's Hogwarts. A lot of them up there. there is more than you think. Yeah, we went to Annick, Bamborough, Dunstborough, um, Lindisfarne, uh, Lindisfarne mm. Castle. Um, but yeah, re- really nice. I've I've never really been in that. I've been to Newcastle quite a lot and around Washington, South Shields, all of that kind of area. Mm, sure. I've never really been above Gateshead. Um, so, all right. So it was really nice to go up there, um, and we we can't wait to go back. Um, I used to go to Bamborough Castle cool. a lot. I've, mm. I've never been to Lindisfarne. Is, is is Lindisfarne one that like you can walk to at low tide, and you have to get a boat when it's high tide, or is it yeah, boat all the time? You can walk. You to can it. drive across. I can drive. Yeah. We. Oh right, okay. Because yeah. like, um, so Michael's Mount down in Cornwall. It's like if it's low tide, then you can walk out there. The rest of the time, you have to get a boat. If you want to walk over, you have to um, have a guide. Right, okay. um, because of the, the the sinking mud, apparently. Yeah, yeah. So you yeah, have to have yeah. a guide to cross if you want to walk, but you can just drive across. It's like a five minute drive. Um, okay. We yeah, like I think Lindisfarne was probably the highlight. Um, I've I've mm. obviously I've never been to Lindisfarne because I've never been that high up, but uh, on that side anyway, because obviously I go to Scotland all the time. <laughs> um, mm. but yeah, like Lin- there's something really strangely special about Lindisfarne um that i'm not really sure what it just felt different and nice um yeah it was just it was really nice um we we went literally probably five minutes after you were allowed to cross technically based mm. on the tides um and we really we we could have gone and for another whole day we didn't you know finish yeah. seeing everything we wanted to see um for such a kind of small island of like it's pretty much just a village and then lots of greenery and there's the priory and the um castle and St Cuthbert's Island and all of that and the mead shop and all of that um but yeah like literally we didn't even do half of what we wanted to do so probably or are you going to be way. planning another trip <laughs> in mm. the near future to go back did this one have any like um any stuff there about the old Viking raids? Like, yes. So we went to the... We are English Heritage members. Um, so good. we went to the Priory, um, which is like the old... The really, the really, really old building um, that basically, you know, has been there since... I can't even remember when. Like the hundreds of years. Not not even, the th- mm. you know, like 800. Since um, the tens. Since the tens, yes. <laughs> um, so, so, yeah. There, Probably there was, before then, actually. There was um there was a lot about it, uh, that and actually there, it was probably I mean I'm saying this in the fact that we've just had like a year of pandemic but it's it's 
when we were walking out of the Priory, I, th- I said, I think that's probably one of the best, if not the best heritage site we've been to in the three years of our membership. Um, mm. You know, we've been we've been quite a lot of places, but I think for me anyway, that the history was there. Um, it was really well presented. There was a lot to see. Um, and yeah, it was just, just really good. You could, they, they really explained the history well um, and they laid it out and they had the whole timelines and stuff. And I really like when they do that. Um, mm. And lots of different people visiting the island and raiding the island and stuff um, just because of where it is and how central and important it was. So yeah, yeah very interesting site, a lot of history. Uh, very, very good. Have you ever seen the show, uh, the History Channel show, Vikings? No. Uh, I think it's That's... on Amazon Prime. Yeah, I've seen about one yeah, or two. Yeah, I remember yes. seeing. Yeah. In like the mythology of of Ragnar Lothbrok, it's the first place that they they end up falling across when they when they sail off to this mythical land, England, that they've heard of. Mm. They stumble across. Well, it's Sign Abbey first. It's quite. Um... For us, anyway, it's quite interesting because um, obviously there's Lindisfarne, uh, which is on mm. the east, uh, but then the same Vikings sort of then went around the top of Scotland. Uh, yeah. And one of the first places they attacked in Scotland was actually the Isle of Bute, uh, was um, Rothsey Castle. Um, right. So like the same Vikings attacked Lindisfarne, sort of set up base there, and then from mm. there went to to the west coast of Scotland and went to Bute, so... Um, Have you ever been to York and gone to the Jorvik Centre? Yeah, when I was a kid. I remember okay. uh, I remember queuing for a long time to get into it. And then all I really remember is you sit on a ride and it smells a bit shitty. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember being that enamoured. And I don't think my parents were that enamoured either. So, But no. I, I've been to a lot of other pla- like Viking history places in York. Um, I yeah. think Jorvik was a bit too... Um, popular for them like not popular but you know a bit too sort of well presented it's one of those history. places like um like the london dungeon yeah and you go there and it's just like oh this is it yeah my, my family are very much more like we like to see you know ruins and the actual yeah, yeah, history yeah. and not and not the consumer facing side of history yeah. i think which is probably yeah. why i got on with the priory so much yeah, yeah that's fair. there, there was we've done it I haven't been up there for years, unfortunately. Yeah. Mm. Lovely, lovely city. Oh yeah, it's not um, it's not the, the the easiest to drive around. Um, it's pretty much all pedestrianised now. And do you know my yeah. favourite thing about it York should be like park and ride. Yeah, well, the park and ride's great. We always do. No, park it's park and ride. Sainsbury's. Yeah. My... It was a Sainsbury's parking there. I mean, it's... Are we <laughs> parking <laughs> the Sainsbury's? <laughs> we park in the Tesco at Ascombe Bar. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah my my favorite thing my favorite fact about york which uh i found out on one night a few years ago drinking in york there isn't a single weatherspoons in the center of york oh, bliss it's great amazing it is they're not allowed to is he just not allowed to make weatherspoons there uh, i think it's probably more a business decision because all the buildings are really old they can't do anything with them there's um and lease is probably too high for them to make money back so the, the nearest problem, yeah. it, the only the only weather spoons is like a mile and a half out the center right right okay. I, I kind of do i'd like there to be some kind of bylaw that means that tim martin isn't allowed <laughs> to lease any property in the any, city walls. anywhere but yeah yeah um yeah okay last time i went to a um weather spoons and it's 
good few years ago now, down by the Snowdome in Milton Keynes. Uh, I can't remember what we were down there for. We had to kill some time, so we went into Weatherspoons, and they had like Asahi and Blue Moon and beers like that on tap. Yeah. It's like, I don't, you don't find that stuff on tap in, in classy pubs, let alone a Weatherspoons. It was really, it was, it was definitely a Weatherspoons, like there was no music playing at all. They had the same shitty menu if you wanted to get food there, but for some reason they had nice beer on tap. It was strange. Yeah. They have improved anyway. their selection recently, I'm looking at. Um, don't care, I won't go in. Um. Is it is it all British now, or have they gone back on that? I think it was a mixture. Because they had to, they, they they realized at one point they had to find British-made Jägermeister and British-made Prosecco and, and all of this. There isn't any. Well, not Prosecco, no, but okay, British-made sparkling wine. Um, yeah, the one thing I will give Weatherspoons, I've, not, I've personally boycotted Weatherspoons for about three or four years now. Um, mm. The one thing I will give Weatherspoons is their, their chips were very good. They, they had these chunky... Uh, I mean, they're frozen, obviously, but they had these chunky chips that were perfectly crisp on the outside and perfectly fluffy in the middle. And paired with their... It wasn't even there. It was just like Hellman's mayo. But that mayo and that chip combination is still one of my best chip foods. Okay. Well, any any decent like gastro pub will do like double double cooked or triple cooked chips, right? Yeah, but they're too posh. So they come like out they're, the same. they're 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 too nice. There's <laughs> okay, something fair. there's something about the Weatherspoon <laughs> chip where it's it's shitty enough to be decent <laughs> and, yeah, yeah, yeah. and not too nice to be nice, if that makes sense. Right. Okay. Okay. Decidedly average. Fair. Decidedly yeah. average, but it's it's good average. <laughs> mm. Fair enough. Um, yeah, anything Anything else interesting from the honeymoon? Um, well, you stayed in a lovely wooden pod. We did. It was a very nice wooden pod. And you were asking me a few questions about it while we were there. Um, yeah, because I'm really interested in it. Because, like, um, going to stay in certain parts of this country, uh, even outside of the holiday season... It's incredibly expensive if you're mm-hmm. going to stay in like a house, you know, or a cottage or something like that. Uh, and I don't mind camping. But my other half, she can't cope with sleeping in a sleeping bag anymore. So the idea of like glamping has always appealed, but we've never really looked into it. But that's essentially what you did, right? Yeah. So we were in a wooden pod that was basically the size of a large hotel room, but it had. Mm-hmm just everything you needed it had just enough to be livable and enjoyable if that makes sense so it had like it's like a studio apartment but split up into three areas so you had like a little cooking space and a kitchen in the middle you had the door out uh and then directly opposite that you had like a sofa space with a little tv on the wall and then you had like Mm. the bedroom to the right um and of course it had a hot tub and stuff attached because that's everywhere does that these days um but it was it was at sat next to a lake and all around with just these pods next to the lake and <laughs> i'd not realized it until you mentioned it but it really did look like a mini hobbiton yeah <laughs> i mean they weren't like um uh they weren't like the you know the the hobbit hills yeah they didn't have round doors and they weren't covered in grass but apart from that it, it did look like a yeah, like a little hobbit village on the on the banks of a of a lake. It looked lovely. Yeah, it was really nice. I like it was literally you drove up the A1, 
there was a tiny little sign that you would miss if you weren't looking for it. You turned off the A1, <laughs> you drove yeah. half a mile down a single track road, and you mm. were just in a field next to a lake in the middle of nowhere, and it was just bliss. It was great. Um, mm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was it was really good. About ten minutes north of Annick, so obviously Annick, very famous castle for being in Harry Potter. Uh, mm. At least the first two films, it was Hogwarts, um, and a few other things as well. Apparently, apparently it's in Blackadder and and a few other things like that. Um, but yeah, right. Very nice part of the world. And oh, I've not even got to the best bit. In Annick, there is a second-hand bookshop in the old railway station. So the old railway oh, station, yeah, they have this. converted into a bookshop, mm, massive, which is just, it? mm. it's absolutely massive. It's, it's mm. literally the, like the covered, um, the covered area of the train station is just basically just a massive library shelves full of secondhand books that you can buy. It's, it's absolutely incredible. Um, mm. Definitely in the top two bookshops I've ever visited. Nice. So yeah, good, good stuff. Cool. Um, Andy, you've been up to anything interesting over the last few weeks? Ugh. Apart from the wedding. Apart from the wedding, um, working quite a bit. Various schools here, there, and everywhere. Um, mm-hmm. Seems like teachers are falling down left, right, and centre with COVID. Um, so yeah, it's weird that. When you put them in um, a school of six hundred people with no vaccinations you know even if you're vaccinated you might get it <laughs> so yes been working quite a bit and then my own birthday was last week thank you guys for the credits you know and after that there was it's my daughter's birthday so she's had a birthday since sunday and her actual birthday is today she's four and so the birthday party was on sunday and um, her actual birthday today, so she's been celebrating that. And apart from that, nothing much else. So you haven't had much chance to relax then? <laughs> no, and it doesn't look like I'm going to have much chance over the week. Well, actually, I've um, Michelle's going away um, tomorrow to Ireland for three nights. So she's back on Monday. So I've got the kids. She's taking the kids with her? No, so it's luck. Oh, damn it. <laughs> You were nearly free. I know. I managed to organise <laughs> a day without the kids on Saturday, though. Oh, nice. So, what are you going to do? I don't know. I might do some board gaming, or I might just relax and just stick a film on, or just play some PlayStation and have her house to You know myself. what you should do? You should go to the cinema. I am not off to the cinema. Not when, oh, I'm not when okay. I can enjoy either board gaming or a house to myself. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, uh, yeah. Keep cinema as like a, an escape for yeah. when, <laughs> when, when the kids are at home. Yeah. You're like, I've got to get away. That's it. Fair enough. Um, what have I been up to then? Uh, so, like the day after your um, your wedding, Nick, I had to we we drove back down, um, and then spent the day packing because like the like the morning after that, we drove down to um. Just over, I thought we were going to Devon, um, but it was li- it was just over the Devon border into into Cornwall, um, a little place called Widemouth Bay on the north the north coast of Cornwall, on that those those coasts where there was like 
you know, lots and lots of smuggling back in the day. So lots and lots of long beaches with um, uh, rocky cliff sides mm. and lots and lots of intricate cave networks and whatnot. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, just went down there for a, a week. Um, ended up doing nowhere near as much stuff as we were hoping we were going to do because we just did. We just went on lots of walks. So um, we were just down the road from. Um, have you ever been down that way before, Nick? No. Down to Cornwall. Uh, we were we were just down the road from Tintagel Castle, uh, which is like quite an important castle in like the Arthurian legends. Yeah. Um, and I went there when I was a kid, and I remember it being a pain because it's like you you climb down an incredibly steep set of stairs on one side of the cove. And then go across to where the castle is, and then climb up a, a really incredibly steep set to go back up, and then have to do it in the rest of the way back. But uh, they've built a, a really interesting looking bridge across now that's that's up for some national um, sustainable architecture award. I was going to say, I just googled um, that, and that looks incredible. Yeah, if like, you're not scared of heights, <laughs> that is amazing. I'm terrified of heights, so I don't know how I would have coped with it, but um. Yeah, Tintagel's a, a an amazing place from what I remember, and I, I I wanted to go back there, but we just ran out of time. Um, so yeah, we just spent. It was just nice to spend um, a week not having to think about work and just being able to go on long dog walks um, and go to like nice sleepy Cornish coastal towns and have cream teas and um, spend spent we spent most of our so we were staying in a cottage with uh, my partner's parents um, and they took down their like their Amazon fire stick and plugged it into the TV down there so they could k- k- keep up with their series in the evening um, <clears throat> and they were watching the X-Files so we ended up watching like four or, or three or four episodes of the X-Files every evening for a week and then as soon as he got back, Zoe started the whole show over from the beginning. And she, she's <laughs> literally watching it right now as we're recording this. She's watching more. She can't stop. Um, but I've got actually, uh, yeah, I've got a question about X Files because you're the you're the you're the the X Files um, aficionado expert. I'd say Nick, okay. you've seen it all, right? I've seen it all, probably multiple times, at least five times. I'll okay, so wow, at, at, at wow. least. So I'm going to bring out one episode uh, that we watched, and this is emblematic of a wider issue I have with with one of the main characters. Okay, so um, season four, episode ten of the X Files, called Paper Hearts. The ring a bell? Yeah, um, yeah. That's Serial one. killer who's um, killing girls and then cutting like a little heart out of their clothing, right? Like and he keeps them as a, or whatever, yeah. Yeah, and he keeps them as a... Keepsake. Um, keepsake. And they never find all the bodies. They find more hearts than they find bodies. And he doesn't ever... He's not going to tell. And I, I can't remember exactly... He's got them in like exactly. a binder, hasn't he? Like, uh, you know, like you yeah. used to collect like your Pokemon cards in a binder. He keeps them in yes. that. And he's got like empty ones. And doesn't Mulder think that one of them's Samantha's? Yeah, and that's what he's kind of fixating um, on. That's hoping. why they're getting in, involved in. That's what. That's why he gets involved in the, in the first because, like, serial killer's not really an X Files sort of thing, mm. but uh, he gets involved in it through that. Um, and 
it's somehow this like serial killer convinces Mulder to to um to release him into his from the prison into his custody and then take him to some place where he says there's going to be a body and then the guy escapes from his custody kidnaps a, a girl and then ends up having to be gunned down by Mulder yeah right how does he not and this is this is a wider problem right throughout the, the the show that i've seen so far because this is not the first crazy stupid thing you see Mulder do how does he still have a job <laughs> how is he still a federal agent after he literally he without getting permission releases a serial killer from from the prison or institute wherever he is where he is and then loses him and then has to kill him <laughs> after he's kidnapped a girl and he's and they go back and his and his boss what's his name skinner skinner um the ball guy with the glasses this is like don't do it again Mulder. the thing is right i can't believe you did that don't do it again the thing is it doesn't take his badge and gun the thing is skinner protects Mulder because skinner is on Mulder's side so yeah but he's also in the pocket of the smoking man but he's not like he, he does what the smoking man tells him to so much only <laughs> enough to keep in on Skinner Skinner plays an interesting role because he's the conduit between he's got to keep smoking man happy but he's also want he wants to find the truth he he is on the side he thinks the truth is out there Mm. but he's he's got to play the politics game the long game and that's what he's doing with cigarette smoking man so okay yeah um, so right, I can understand how he can brush some of Mulder's crazy antics under the rug but when Mulder takes a prisoner out of prison and then has to and then that prisoner kidnaps a girl and then Mulder has to end up killing that prisoner that's not something that you can just bury in paperwork I'm not as well it's not and that's not or that's not even the craziest thing he does um I know I know it's a TV show and I should suspend disbelief but as a but we spend so many episodes <laughs> being like how are you still employed it's a fair point but you wouldn't have a show um True. True. Yeah. <clears throat> I love it though. I've, I've been really, really enjoying it. Oh yeah, um, X Files is great fun. Um, I, like you say, I think there's a lot where you have to suspend disbelief. Um, yeah. I mean, obviously, well, everyone knows sure. aliens are real. There's one behind me. Of course. Um, yeah, yeah. So it, it's just that thing, isn't it? Of like, <laughs> yeah. Um, it doesn't doesn't the serial killer guy um like have information about he he knows. He tries to convince Mulder that he took Samantha on Samantha on the nights she went dis- she went missing, and yeah, he manipulates wh- Mulder. Yeah, but he has de- he he has more details than anyone else could have known about it potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why, you know, he could have maybe got away with it. I guess because it, it feels like sometimes for every serial killer kidnapper knows about Samantha and they all spread the information around through a network. So if I can just wind Mulder up all the time. <laughs> it's a conspiracy against yeah. Fox Mulder. It is. I just <clears> think <throat> it is, you know, that we do it all the time on the orders of cigarette smoking, man. You know? Yeah. Mm. Um, I intend to go back like my mother half has and start watching it again from the beginning because I hadn't seen it, that show in years and then um, we were kind of like dropped straight into series four because that's what um, my parents were watching. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we saw some absolute bangers um, uh, while watching that that week. Like, do you remember the postmodern Prometheus, the black and white episode? Yeah, that was a fun with one. the great Mutato. Yeah, yes. um, 
that's a really cool episode like every now and then they'd be like let's drop let's not even do like a monster of the week let's yeah. drop and let's drop like the overarching story and let's just have fun for an episode and yeah. that one is really really fun there was a um, there's a very good similar one that i remember seri- from series three called um from jose chung's outer space which yeah, is basically right, um uh, the a guy is writing a book uh about a dis a weird alien thing that happened to someone um a mm-hmm. writer and it's effectively telling the story of Mulder and Scully investigating this disappearance from a third person. And it's through the... And the writer is sort of talking to Mulder and Scully separately in interviews, trying to figure out what, what actually happened so he mm. could write this book. But it's all narrated mm. from his point of view. So you get a different perspective on it. It's quite a fun one. Um, okay. So yeah, that, that that's another really good one from series three. But... Uh, Everything around sort of series two, three, four, five is, I would say, the mostly solid episodes. One and then it drops off a bit, right? And then doesn't like um, David Duchovny leaves at one point, and it's um, yeah. yeah, season eight, Doggett. Shit, it's a T one thousand name. Yeah, I can't remember his name. Robert, Robert Patrick. Pattinson. Robert Patrick. Robert, right, Robert Patrick, not Pattinson. That's, yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't that's Twilight Man. I like man he's never going to escape that is he no um yeah uh i never and then, and then, of course i never I, I never saw like the more the recent series the like 2015 or whenever they were it, yeah that, that might be for the best to be honest mm. um, is it rough? it's not too bad it's not it's no it's no vince gilligan you know that'll probably be why yeah exactly um but yeah like series one is great good goofy fun there's promise there there's some good episodes mm-hmm. But it's still very much like pilot, getting to know what this can be. Series two, it steps up. Series three, it steps up. Uh, series three and four are the prime, I would say. Prime yeah. X Files. I love how, like, even when, even as far as like season four, um, Mulder's like, "I'm telling you, Scully, it's aliens." <laughs> She's just like. She just she just doesn't buy it. Yeah. She just does not buy his shit. Still, it's like you're four seasons in. All this crazy stuff's happened. You were literally abducted. Blah blah blah, and she's still like, "No, Mulder, it's not aliens." Yeah, but yeah, incredible. Really, really enjoying that. Um, it's made me really want to like properly sit down and play um, Control. Hmm. Did you ever also play the X Files PC uh, FMV game? No, no. I, I had it. On, was that any good? It was. It, it was all right. It was from. It was around the the same story as the. Um, X-Files, the first X-Files movie, which was right. around season four, I think. Sure, yeah. It was either before or after season four. And it was effectively the same story, but you go to some of the same locations that are in the um, TV shows and stuff. It was... I, I played it as a kid. Um, it came on like 10 CDs and you had to keep changing old uh, CDs to load different bits and stuff. Um, I remember it being okay. Is that on the hmm. PlayStation 1? Because it is one of the PlayStation 1. Ooh, it could have been. I played it on the PC, no, but it might have got released on the PS One. There was also a there was a third the person. Re- there, I was going to say there's a third person like Resident Evil style isometric PS Two yeah, game. I got that. I picked it up earlier this year. There's a bunch here. There's um, uh, the X Files Unrestricted Access. I think that's the PS Two. Um, this is the definitive X Files interactive resource. Oh, okay. Um. 
Oh yeah, rather than a traditional video game, the X-Files Unrestricted Access is an interactive database of information relating to the television series The X-Files. They were really popular around the like, late 90s, those kind of things. I had, like, when I, because obviously I was like seven or eight back then, so, and I had like mm-hmm. Dorling Kindersley, Ki- Dor- Dorling Kin- DK, who make like yeah, yeah, yeah. resource books. They uh-huh. made loads of like interactive cd books and i had one on oh yeah medieval castles and i had one on dinosaurs oh i remember the dinosaurs one yeah you used to be able to get them out of the library used to like walk around like an exhibit almost it was like a museum in your house it's great yeah like a really really poorly rendered virtual um uh well i mean in at the time they looked amazing in retrospect it looks pretty rough yes but um yeah that stuff was cool Uh, there's been five x-files games apparently so there was the one in the that unrestricted access one then there's one on ps1 in 98 and then the 90... x-files res- resist or serve the 98 one was the pc one that i played and it was on ps1 yeah. as well you're right andy which oh. was an fmv resist or serve was the resident evilly style one. one right uh um, i've not heard of these other two though the x-files the deserter on mobile J2ME. What the hell is a J2ME? <laughs> Java, J2 platform. Java platform. Micro edition. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then apparently there's one on Facebook and Google Play in 2018. Oh, yeah. Wow. So, yeah, there's been two re- re- real games. And then a bunch of nonsense. Yeah. But, I mean, if you want to play an X-Files game, like you say, play Control. <clears throat> yeah. And sure. maybe maybe Alan Wake yeah. as well. Alan Wake. Yeah. I'll... Play Alan Wake. <laughs> Um, I have played American Nightmare, and I saw that that's coming back on uh, Game Pass. I liked American. I, I played this right with with having no context of of um, I, not playing, not having played the original Alan Wake. So I got I got a 360 well after Alan Wake was quite early on in 360's lifespan, if I remember correctly, right? Yes, in the first few years. Um, of the and I didn't get 360. It was 2010 release. Right, I didn't get a 360 until when did La Noire come out? 2011 or 12. Okay, oh, no. that's when I got a 360. Um, so I missed that one. But then uh, American Nightmare was part of one of those like summer of arcade yeah. things. Um, so I played through that, uh, and um, I enjoyed that. That that had like a sort of um. Oh, I don't know how you describe the vibe in it because it's 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 very different to Alan Wake, right? Because it, it's it's set in like yeah, so American know, Nightmare. Like... American Nightmare is set in some of the same locations as the game is, but it's it was effectively we've got a game and an engine and a lot of assets. Let's make mm. a really quick. Let's indie make the game same game three times. Yeah, sort of. Um, so it's you just have to like play a, through it three times. It's right? basically just like a. Um, horde like mode isn't it really there's not really a story it's just there is a story but i didn't i didn't have the context to really understand what it was okay um i would probably because it's coming up to game pass i'll probably play through alan wake at some point and then play through american nightmare again and then have maybe have a bit more context to like what it was but i remember at the time quite enjoying it Hmm. um but yeah um control definitely uh i don't know if it's still on game pass but i got it on epic game store when they gave it away for free 
And they gave it away for free on PlayStation, and that included the free upgrade to PS5, so I could also play it on my other half's PS5 and check it out. But uh, yeah, um, I'll get on that. Um, speaking of video games, should we talk about what video games we've been playing? I mean, we probably should half an hour into a video game podcast, yeah. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, dear listener. Um, <laughs> what, it, what is oh, this? Before, uh, before save loaded. Started, has anyone <laughs> seen the new Batman trailer? Mm-hmm. Yes. Very fucking dark. What does Batman shout? Vengeance. When he bangs his when he bangs his hand on the window, what is he shouting? Ouch. Somewhere, I don't know. Try to go I don't that. know. He's like I don't I don't understand what, what he's trying to trying to say. Um I, it does it, his voice is like altered in some way. Do you know like mm. uh, the Ben Affleck Batman had like that yeah. vocoder thing on? Um <clears throat> I don't know, it looks interesting. Um, I don't know who's written it. I know who's directed it, and I know who is shooting. Who's the director of photography? But I think um, he's, he's written it. Reeves, he? I think he's written it. Uh possibly. Uh, let's have a look. Uh, written by Matt Reeves and Peter Craig. I've I've just checked. Apparently, he shouts, "What have you done?" Oh, okay, it's right. I the, couldn't make out. It's on the captions on the YouTube trailer. Okay. Um. Yeah, Matt Reeves is a capable filmmaker. Yeah. It looks dark, but uh, he did. Uh, he did Cloverfield, which I quite enjoyed. Yeah, that was good. Um, don't you do the first? He did that remake. Um. No. No. The 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 first Godzilla was Gareth Edwards. Uh, one of them is a British filmmaker. Mm. Um, he did the uh, Marys also did that, that 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 I assume horrible. I never bothered watching it. Um, utterly pointless uh, American remake of Let the Right One In. Uh, um, yeah. And then he he did the Dawn of the Planet of the Apes and War of the Planet of the Apes, which were both really good. Yeah, they were so, good. Mm. Um, I, yeah, I've I've seen the trailer once. Um, it looks interesting. It looks like it's going to be like year one Batman. Uh, I like his sort of like Mad Max homemade Batmobile. Um, I still just can't. I just I still just can't quite see scrawny Robert Pattinson as Batman. He's always been a bit wafy, so yeah. I don't know. Why? What did you think of it? Me. I thought it looked good. I thought we've gone for a very, very dark style, darker than um, Nolan's Batman. Um, I thought um, Colin Farrell looks pretty good and as a penguin. Um, yeah, I'm completely unrecognisable. At which point yeah. you think, why, yeah. why cast Colin Farrell, uh, put him in a big fat suit, and make him do a New York accent? Yeah, I mean, we've got multiple villains, so I expect the runtime to be massive. Um, but yeah, it looks good. Mm-hmm. It looks interesting. They didn't show him, but um, uh, what's his face as um, the Riddler? Who was it? I can't remember the actor's name. Oh, fuck. Have you ever seen Little Miss Sunshine? Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's the kid, you know, he's, he takes the vow of silence. Uh, oh, so yeah. He becomes a pilot yeah. and then he breaks it. Yeah, him. Um, he was in. Um, there will be blood as well. Uh, really, really good actor. 
Um, he he's got the right look for a, a Riddler. So I don't know. <laughs> I'm interested. It's out in March, right? Yeah, next year. Yeah, yeah. Same, that might be one I go to the cinema or same weekend as EGX. Just saying. Same weekend as Birmingham EGX. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Haven't decided whether I'm going to that or yet or not yet. We'll, well see. There's an IMAX at the NEC. There is. Just saying. Like EGX okay. and Batman. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> EGX and Batman. Yeah, we could, we could do. We'll see. Uh, I have to get a hotel again this time because um, my partner's sister's now moved away from uh, Coventry, unfortunately. Uh. Anyway, video games. Uh, Andy, oh. apart from playing and completing the Simpsons arcade game, what have you been playing? <laughs> well, that was a lot of fun. Once you're into it, like I said, you got into it. So Yeah, it's, it's a decent brawler. That's it. You know, it's fun. Um, I think the last time I played it was on the PS3, like I said. But yeah, it was fun. So, Simpsons. Uh, oh, wait, I've got a long list. I was, while I was looking after the kids today, I did write my list down. So, um, I got my Vita out. I introduced Francis to the Vita. Just looking at the little games and um, played a couple of games. One was Hungry Giraffe. Um, Hung- did you say Hungry or Hungary? Hungry. 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 Hungarian Giraffe. <laughs> <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be a good one. Basically, it's one of these games where... Um, you just eat food, and the more food you eat, the longer your net becomes, and it just goes up through about ten levels. I think. I think I managed to get to <laughs> level three, but you know she enjoys it, so we play about with what take turns, and even Una has started getting into the Hunger Giraffe game as well. So we all take turns playing that. It's just it was one of those PlayStation mini games that we give out on um, PS Plus when PS Plus first introduced. Um, it came onto the Vita. So that's that's been fun. I've I've got a horrendous number of uh, I'm just having a look at this. It looks looks quite fun. Quite throwaway but quite fun. Yeah. I've I've got a horrendous number of um PS Vita games that I've never touched. Uh, oh, because yeah, they used to give away like one one free a month. Mm. And like I still only ever bought two physical games for my Vita. I bought um Tearaway and I bought Persona Four and that was it. I, you know, I bought a few. More. Yeah, I bought like a bunch of indie games. That was like the platform I got like Luftrausers on and um, uh, Miami uh, Hotline Miami and, and games. Like, it was my my indie uh, indie game platform of choice for a good while. So I bought a lot of indie games on it. But um, yeah, I've got so many uh, games to at some point check out off the that I got from PS Plus, but I just never did. Yeah. Yeah, that was one of them. And the other one, which I completed, is called Sneezes. Um, okay. <laughs> this is another PlayStation Mini. That was just... I don't know why or when I downloaded it and installed it to the Vita, but I was just flicking through what was on the Vita and what was on the memory card that was installed at the time. Um, and one of them was called Sneezing. And this is... Um, it's two... It's essentially... It's a, it's a puzzler, cascade puzzler, where... You've got these little adorable creatures trapped in balloons. Um, you target one of the balloon sneeze, it sneezes, which then cascades into other sneezes, which then will help clear the screen or the set total 
Um, say you need 75 out of like 100. It just cascades all across. Um, there's two modes to that, which was one mode where you only get one shot at ca creating a cascade, or the other one where easy mode where you get two shots at creating the cascade, which at some points it's quite difficult. Um, me and Francis enjoyed that and I've completed that one, so that's gone on the list. It was, it was quite a lot of fun just listening to all these sneezing little adorable creatures just happening and you're hoping for one more sneeze as mm. it cascades across. It was just a fun little puzzle. It's just one of those things. It's about 46 levels. And Have you um, ever been tempted to try and get hold of a Vita TV? Um, at the time I was. Now, um, not now. I possibly would be. Um, the Vita was not, not quite as easy to... Um, to hack as the like the PSP mm. was like the PSP was a joke to to break into, but uh, apparently the the Vita's not uh, entirely impossible to hack into either, and I'm presuming it's the same thing with the Vita TV. Um, but it's like a there's there was a I don't know if you ever saw it. There was a thing called the Deca Vita, no. which was like a handheld unit that you could like slot the Vita TV into the back, and it just basically was like a massive Vita. So you could play a Vita <laughs> on a big screen. Um but I always like the idea of having a Vita TV just to um um you know with taking advantage of the cloud yeah. saving to play something on on the and then go and not have to ha have like a full console turn on because it was just a little tiny box yeah. like a like a Roku or whatever. Mm. Um but uh you they stopped making them a good few years ago I now did. you can only get I them second hand but I kind of want to get one just just for the collection. You don't play every yeah, I just, game, I just looked it? on eBay. How much ever on eBay? How much on eBay? Uh, they're ninety quid on eBay. <laughs> I remember them being like thirty quid when game were trying to sell them off. Uh, oh, yeah, they, they don't. Got one. They don't play every game. I think you're right, Andy. Yeah. Um, I seem to remember yeah, there being some like, limitations. Um, mm. Tearaway won't yeah. work because that's got a lot of like you need the touchscreen and stuff Uncharted. And, uh, and Uncharted, Little Big Planet, but like all those indie games. Mm. Yeah. You know that you've got the ball. I mean, that'll all work fine. I mean, of all of those indie games, what games can't you get on PC? No, but I'm saying like, um, if you were say, it'd be it'd be a neat little thing to have to like, you're going on holiday. Mm, yeah. Uh, you don't want to take a whole games console with you. Uh, the Vita TV is a tiny little thing that you can just stick in your suitcase. Yeah, fair. And then plug it into your hotel TV, and there you got a you can play your games. Uh. But not for ninety quid. I should have bought one. One game which we're we're um, selling them off. Mm. Yeah. Oh well. Anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to no, interrupt. No, I mean that's always the case, isn't it? These things get reduced massively, and the time to buy those things is when they get reduced massively because otherwise, then the price starts going up, up and up and up. Yeah. I think I don't. I managed to get one of those um, PlayStation con PlayStation One consoles. You know, the one. But Chaz has got the PS One yeah, that you can hack. The yeah. oh right oh I thought you meant like the oh, oh the PS One Classic yeah. oh, oh sorry yeah um I thought you were talking about like do you remember when they redesigned the first PlayStation? Yeah, they I did. Uh, yeah, I still think that's one of the nicest looking consoles um out there. Just like that smooth like um 
don't know how you describe it. Like, well, the other corners rounded yeah. off and everything, and like a, I don't know, like a lozenge. Yeah. It's like a bar um, of soap. Yeah. Yeah, like a bar of soap. Yeah. It's not much bigger than a bar of <laughs> um, soap either. Yeah. Oh. Joe, Sony used to be so good at doing their redesigns. The, the redesign of the original PlayStation is gorgeous. I loved the redesign of the PS2 when they made it super slim. Yeah. They had like the flip top. PS3 um, redesign was quite good too. The first PS3 redesign yes. was really good. The yes. second one with the sliding top was like horrible and plasticky. That was the one that I had, and I, I just don't like it. Mm. Um, the redesigns of the PS4 were fine. Um, I'll be interested to see what they do with the PS5 when they redesign that. Yeah, should be interesting. That was a good thing. Yeah. Um, so, continuing the theme, playing with Francis, um, we completed Spire of a Dragon, the first one. Um, it's no mean feat. No, 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 she enjoyed it. She enjoyed it. Did um, you 100% it? No, I can't 100%. Okay. It. It's about you have to collect, is it 12,000 crystals and stuff like that? And that's the that's a lot amount. of collectibles, yeah. And it's one of those where if I collected it with her, she'd get bored because you're having to redo things over and over again. And one of the things at the end, the end boss, is you have to jump off these platforms and if you fail, it sends you back a couple of stages. And mm-hmm. we did it for about an hour, you know, play session. And she was like, I'm bored, Daddy. I was going to play this car game. Can we play it? And she got bored of it. And I said, do you want me to complete Spyro um, without you and we can watch it on the video? She went, yeah. I went, okay. So I played it that night. Of course, I did it first time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was quite easy. But um, and then she was a bit disappointed to find out that I completed it. But you got, well, I did ask you. <laughs> yeah. But she watched it on video. She was happy with that. But it's just one of those things where, you know, she's, well, she's free. She was free, and she just, you just have to keep her interest up. And it's no good just doing the same thing over and over again and getting stuck on something. It's like <laughs> she, under, she already understands frustration. She doesn't need to understand that you yeah. have to keep things over and over again. The idea is to. Keep I had a meeting um, earlier today with. Um, with someone from the council that I'd, I'd never um, had never had a meeting with before, and her uh, her childcare had fallen through, and so she she had like her three year old there while she was in the meeting, and she said like she stuck Paw Patrol on for them, mm. watching the TV in the other room while she was while she was in the meeting. But like when you get to the ep- end of an episode of something on on Netflix, there's like there's like a fifteen second gap or something when the episode ends before it <laughs> auto plays the next one, and the kid was getting bored in those fifteen seconds of running through <laughs> screaming for the next episode. She's like, "We're we'll back in a minute. <laughs> Go and start the next one." Half an hour later, there's like a fifteen second window where the kid's like attention span just could not hang. Um, yeah. yeah, she's all right with the hanging. She's all right with the fifteen seconds, but it's just when it, she does get a bit, she got just a bit bored of it. Just over and over again, I think five or six tries, he's like, ugh, can mm. I just play something else? You know, so I have to do that. But after we play... You should play through um, Ratchet and Clank with her. We will do, but I just want to complete the Spyro games with her. And then I've been looking at the sure. Spyro on PS2, actually. There's quite a few on PS2, but there's some rumours they might be remastering those PS2 games, I think. Well, you've got the trilogy, right? Yeah, those are the, these are the, the PS4 firing. ones. So yeah, these. but they're but they're they're really good. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, but there are rumours of the PS2 ones being remastered, so I'll see how we yeah. are. But saying that, we've moved on to Spyro 2, and she's taken more of an active role in this one. She's loving it. Spyro 2 seems to be more open, more controllable. He does a lot more things. He swims quite a bit in this game. Um, the It doesn't seem quite as harsh. We seem to have um, changed things quite a lot between 1 and 2. Whereas 1, you had these big worlds I mean, to explore. 2, we've got seem to have loads of little worlds where you go through a portal and the level itself is quite a lot smaller and there's a lot more little challenges to do some of them are quite difficult yeah but she's playing more of Spyro 2 than she did of Spyro um, and she's enjoying all the new powers he has and flames and running up walls and all that sort mm. of jazz and the game itself is a lot better I think it's a lot better yeah. for a youngster um mm. Certain parts of Spyro, if you think, if you try to get play with a youngster, it's quite some of it's quite tricky. Well, Spyro Two seem they seem to have learned and made the level shorter, so the attention span and the difficulty isn't as hard as it would be. They're still quite tricky though, especially yeah. if you're going for some of like the hidden collectibles. Um, that all three of them were incredibly tricky. Yeah, but I mean, I, su- I suspect if you're a six-year-old or a seven-year-old. You might not be you might not be aware of all the hidden levels as such. You just play through the game. It's such and it just seems quite well managed and well staged and well checkpointed that you progress in this central area where you go to all the various worlds is quite open as well. Um, mm-hmm. So it's not really checkpointed and uh, not closed off as much as the first one was. Um, but yeah, she's enjoying yeah. Spyro 2 really well. I mean, those two games I'd oh, recommend good. for a lot of gamer. Yeah. Um, also, um, continuing my journey through Lord of the Rings, um, The Two Towers and Return of a King um, on the PS2. Mm. These are the ones played them both. that were done by EA. Um mm. And they took advantage of the DVD um, in the <clears throat> PlayStation 2. And cause a mm. lot of it goes from scenes of a movie straight into the video game itself. Really, really well. These, I mean, I read quite a bit this year about how the two towers should be remastered. And I do agree um, that it should be. Um, Return of the King's a lot a better game, I think. But they are just great games. They're beat-em-ups, essentially, and taking you through the whole trilogy of films. Um, the Two Towers is a single-player um, game, while The Return of the King, it's me and my brother are playing together co-op through it. Um, mm-hmm. They did all new dialogue. They got the actors to do new dialogue. Um, the soundtrack's there. Um... Some of the things have changed around, so when you fight Shelob, you're fighting loads of spiders as well. Um, but it's just a lot of fun. You know, they did a little interview. It, they are just great games. Um, I mean, they're only about a pound now to pick up if you've got PS2s. 
I remember from that 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 era when every big film had a video game tie-in. Yeah, you know, like every film. Um, those were probably the best ones I'd ever played. Yeah, yeah most brilliant. video, most movie tie-in video games were like, you know, done done in a hurry and were pretty bad. The but, first, uh, the first being two solid. Harry Potters were pretty good, but they were EA as well. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It, I mean, it shows that. If they took time and they had access to all the um, sound of the artwork and everything, and some of the things you can see on the DVD, the video game, some of the scenes have changed in the movie and never put back in, even in the extended. So they had access to it um, quite early. Um, That's the thing, isn't it, though? Like, during that era, they actually seemed to care about. Mm. making the video games at least decent and yeah. fit with the movie. Um, mm. Which, it was a good era. It was. Yeah, for sure. And if there's any chance of these being remastered, they need to remaster these because they're just really fun beat up games. I, I, they're quite tough um, because some of them, like the PS2 games, they're not checkpointed very well, so if you fail a mission, you're having to go right back to the start. <laughs> And some of them require saving a set number of villages. Some of them require like defending Helm's Deep, knocking down ladders, preventing the orcs come up or defending Minus Tirith. Um, mm. So they are quite difficult in that sense. But they're a lot of fun, especially Return of the King co-op. You, you know, it's very much like a, um, a 3D Golden Axe. Um, which yeah. is really good. So we've played through those. Um, big game. Um probably completed is Sleeping Dogs on all its DLC. DLC. Okay, yep. Um, this one um, I heard I listened, was it was it Go who came on talked about it? Yeah. Episodes yeah. ago. Yeah. And I agree with him because so it's set in Hong is it Hong Kong isn't it? I think yep, it is. Hong yeah, Kong. yeah, Hong Kong. And the world itself's brilliant. Um there's not loads and loads of stuff to do. I think there's just enough, but even I haven't bothered to complete every single thing. But but at the start, you do feel very underpowered. It's quite difficult. Um, mm. And that's probably contributes to the frustration of the controls because um, as you feel underpowered, you can't do as many things and the enemies, even if there's only two or three, the but it can beat you up and you can be having to restart a mission. So what I started doing then was starting to get all the jade statues and um, which unlocks special moves. And there was another thing I did that unlocked special moves. I did those two things and then all of a sudden, about three, four hours into the game, you become like Jackie Chan. And it's the feeling of it is like Batman, um, the Arkham games. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, and what it does, and I've noticed it, is when we put almost like as a counter, when you're countering, the character changes stance. And it's almost like you have to be very precise with your um, counters if somebody's going to attack you, because Whoever's going to attack you is highlighted in red. And if you don't get it right, you just get beaten up. 
but once you perfect it, it is unbelievable. It does feel like a Jackie Chan movie, um, almost mm-hmm. like the raid as well. You know, when you're taking about ten enemies on at once, and you could do various things, and you you almost feel like a superhero in that sense. Yeah. Um, so the combat system does come, but you do have to go out looking for it. Um, and you can't get all the J statues. Some of them, you do have to beat some of the storyline before you can access the J statues. One thing I did find a bit annoying was when you got the J statues, you had to do your training in them, and you had to be precise in your um, button presses to get the perfection. And sometimes if you failed, because it's like, so it would be like square, square, hold square. So if you went square, square, hold square, you're like, no, you'll hit, you've hit square three times and start again. So those are quite annoying. Um, the one thing was probably a bit fiddly was the driving. Um, I thought the driving bit was probably the weakest part of the game um, for place to place. Yeah, I'm, to, to be fair, that's not uh, that's not unusual for that genre of game. I always thought the driving and like... Saints Row and games like that was awful. Like, G- they only really got it right in like GTA 5. Mm. Yeah. Even like 4. GTA I didn't 4 like was that. a step back, I thought. Yeah. It felt like yeah. driving a ship. Mm. Yeah. But I always thought that the Sleeping Dogs made up for those like little foibles by just like um, having a more interesting story and way more interesting combat than. Than yeah. any other open world, you know, yeah, the, crime sort of game. Like I said, the combat's good. The bullet time mm-hmm. when you're driving's good. You know, you can hit yeah. the tires and we explode. The storyline, I like the storyline. I just felt, <clears throat> and it, like we, I think we discussed, where I think it was down to because it swapped so many developers. Um, certain things like um, you go on a date. Then that girl disappears and another girl appears, and it doesn't really continue anything as such. And also, it's almost like I wish it was a bit more, bit more like a Donny Brasco type of thing, where if you had a family as a cop, and how it would affect you getting deeper and deeper into the um, triad and then the underworld, under underworld. I think that would have made it a bit more mm-hmm. interesting. It didn't seem to be... For me, it was good, it was interesting, but it just didn't seem to hit as much without feeling that the character wasn't getting affected by it too much as such. Um, but yeah, the storyline was good for what it was. I mean, it's, if I remember right, it's, this is a PS3 game. Um, and yeah. I, I played the Definitive, which was remastered mm-hmm. on the PS4. Um but as an open world, I'd recommend it. Really recommend it as a as a change yeah. of pace. I played the two DLCs. One was a bit like Twenty Four, where he um, sorting you know, bombs out, and that was all right. And the other one's a bit like Red Dead Nightmare, where it's um, using spirits and the um, Hong Kong supernatural. Um, they're about two hours long. Um, but worth playing through. Um, but yeah, highly recommended okay. um, Sleeping Dogs. It doesn't take as long and it's not as expansive as other open worlds. Um, that's probably reflected no. in the generation it came from. So it was good. Yeah. And, well, two games. I'll talk about this one. This one game, 
Um, full disclosure, um, this was given as a free code um, for a review. Um, it's called Lux Slinger. And I tried playing it and I got to a certain point and I spent a fair few hours trying to get to this point and I can't get past it a certain point in the game. So essentially it's Wild West. It's uh, mm-hmm. done in... Um, Your favourite genre. Yeah, it's done in like... <laughs> 8-bit, 16-bit graphics style platformer okay. and I got fairly far and I just got to a point in the game where I just can't progress anymore. Mm-hmm. I just keep getting killed all the time and whether it's me or if it's a difficulty spike, I don't know. What I can say of the game that I've played, I've enjoyed it but can I recommend it? To a lapse game, I can't really recommend it if if I'm trying to beat it and I can't get past it and I can't complete the full game and it's just been nagging me a bit and I've just been like I just can't go back to it because I just keep getting killed. Mm-hmm. Um, the platform bits is fun. It, when you do get killed, it does set you back a bit to the start of a level. Um, but I just can't recommend it, you know, because I just can't review it properly. Yeah, that's because, fair. Because of the difficulty. You can't play. beat it. Yeah, yeah, well, I can't get past the middle of the game, I think it is, and you just <clears> can't do it. Um, and the final game I started was uh, Far Cry New Dawn. And um, you're going to laugh at this, guys. All right, so Far Cry New Dawn is set after Far Cry 5. Um, In the same map. Yeah, same For, map. Yeah. Following one of the endings of it. I remember Colin was a big fan of this game. He bloody loved it. Yeah, it's not too bad. I'm enjoying it. It's it's fairly short. I think it's about 10 hours. Well, a reasonable length, 10 hours. Um, I started playing part of the way through. I've rescued um, three allies so I can go up and rescue this other person. And I think after that, it's not going to be taking too long. Um, I don't think we've done too much with the world. I've added a few antlers on a deer, um, maybe coloured them pink or white as well. You know, had a few bits of radiation poisoning elsewhere, there and everywhere, and a few pink flowers here, there and everywhere. So we haven't done too much. Um, mm-hmm. Storyline, fairly standard. You co- you know, you start a colony after you come out and some people come and beat you up and so you ask for help. And these guys come. The help comes from a train. The train explodes, and now you have to go sort all the crap out. It's far cry. <laughs> point was, I got a point to a game, and you go into this massive silo, and it's underground, and then it becomes underwater. So, um, not Sunday just gone, but Sunday before, I'd half an hour before I had to pick up the girls. Um, so I thought I'd play it. Um, they were, one was at my mother-in-law's, one was at my mum's. Played it. And then, because the way the game is, as you go underwater, you start drowning and the edges of the screen get darker and darker. So your vision gets narrower and narrower. Anyway, all of a sudden, I got massive hot flushes. My body started going haywire. Um, I had to pause the game. I just felt really, really, really ill. Um, tried it again. 
I just got felt even worse. I had to switch the game off, go downstairs. Michelle looked at me and I was like pale. Um, and I just collapsed face down on the bed. Um, couldn't move, couldn't go pick up the girls. Michelle had to go pick up the girls. I was that ill, she was worried. Took me about three, four hours to recover. I didn't know what it was. It was only when I was discussing it with Michelle that I worked out it was the same symptoms I get from motion sickness. Mm. Oh, shit. Yeah. So whatever it was, part of that level, um, swimming and the screen mm-hmm. darkening caused most massive motion sickness in myself. I do get it. I need tablets before I get on planes and boats, etc. So I do get motion yeah. sickness. But whatever it was, in fact, the game just set the same symptoms off. Of course... I get no sympathy now because my mother-in-law loves it. That, that. <laughs> I actually, I got motion sickness by sitting in a chair. Um, yeah. Yeah. So everybody just like takes a mick. But yeah, playing it, it's okay. I'll complete it. But yeah, if you get motion sickness, be I, aware um, of that level. I, I played, I remember I played all of three uh, mm. and I played all of four. Never played Primal. Got to five. Got so far through it, and I was just like, I've played this game twice already. Mm. Why am I doing it again? The only thing that's changed is the setting, and they've they've managed to set it somewhere less interesting than a tropical island or the Himalayas. It's just the American Midwest. Um, mm. And I just stopped playing it, and I don't mm. think I'm going to go back. I mean... I- I didn't. Not interested in playing the new one. No, mm. I'm, I didn't play free. I played Blood Dragon. That was interesting. Blood Dragon was great. Um, I tried to play Primal, got bored of it. That was really bad. Mm-hmm. For what the setting, the setting I thought was going to be brilliant, you know, prehistoric, but it was bad. Um, yeah. Didn't play four. Didn't find it interesting enough. Didn't play free. Played five because I like the American Midwest, um, but it's got a crap ending. And I'm playing this because it's in America, but I won't be playing six. I just don't mm-hmm. see they've done enough changes to the game to make it interesting enough. No, they've added cockfighting. <laughs> awesome. That's I saw it. that, yeah. Petter Pet- Pet- want to ban the game. <laughs> For once, I probably agree with them. <laughs> um, no, no. I've, I've got, like, some people seem to be enjoying it a lot. It's just not for me. Um, no. That that particular model of Ubisoft open world game is just. Um, whereas they like, you know, um, took time off to reinvent Assassin's Creed. They haven't done so with some of their other franchises, and Far Cry is. That model is just incredibly stale now, and I'm I'm just not interested. Doesn't matter if you put Giancarlo Esposito in, and um, I don't care. Not interested. It's been a while since the last Far Cry, the main Far Cry, not New Dawn. So yeah, done anything different? Yeah, Yeah, it's the same game. It's exactly. I wouldn't be surprised if it's exactly the same engine. I mean, the last one that was interesting was Far Cry Two. Three mm. was good. Three was interesting. Yeah, three was fun. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
yeah, I, I enjoyed it. And I, I quite liked four, even though it was exactly the same thing. Um, but then, yeah, by five, I was like, oh, no, I'm done with this. But, yeah, just just not not for me. Uh, no offense to anyone who enjoys those games. I'm just a bit, a bit burnt out on them. No, I can see the attraction in them. There's a lot of fun, yeah. you know, there's a parachuting and all sorts you can do. Um, driving and different sorts of things. But I've never been attracted to them apart from five. I've done five and I've probably got my Far Cry full after New Dawn. And that'll probably yeah. be me checking out unless they do something massively different. I think that maybe they need to go back in time or something. Maybe Assassin's Creed Far Cry. Who knows? They need to go back yeah. in time to before they thought Far Cry 6 with the same engine was a good idea. Mm. We need to do, we need to do um, dinosaurs. They did that with Primal, uh, though. Well, there wasn't no, there was no. Yeah, yeah well, there was like there were no people. Yeah, I was going to say you can't have dinosaurs. Uh, what you're asking for is Turok. Yeah, why not? Ark. Just make a new Turok. Or oh, Ark. Yeah, just 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 play Ark. <laughs> if that's what you want. Um, you play anything else? Um, no, that's a quite extensive list. Actually, we're looking at. It. Yeah. Uh, yeah okay. Nick, what have you been playing? Not a lot, to be honest. Um, <laughs> a busy boy. Sorry to disappoint. Uh, no, but I, well, I have been playing games. Uh, I have, of course, been continuing my love affair with Destiny. Uh, oh, yeah. We are in spooky season at the moment, and there is actually the a new, there is actually a new spooky this year. So the last yep. couple of years, they've just rolled out the same Haunted Infinite Forest Um both years uh but now this year they've they've effectively taken uh some lost sectors and decorated them for halloween um there's a slightly different um approach to getting stuff still the same idea that you go around killing things you get candy uh and you spend that candy on things and more like um helmets not helmets what they're called masks um but yeah it's it's a bit different I don't think I'm going to grind it to completion because I'm not that fussed about it, but it's it's just nice to see, have something a bit different. And Spooky Season is my favourite Destiny season. Um, yeah. The the towers, you know, nicely decorated for Halloween and there's the, the music's pretty cool and every now and then you hear it, ah, in the background. Um, yep. Yeah, it's just a fun season um, to be around. So yeah, um, carrying on with that every now and then. Um we are, of course, continuing. Of, sorry, sorry. What are your thoughts with the new DLC? I mean, what the new, what they've done with a new expansion pack, haven't they? They've um, blocked certain things off at a certain price level, haven't they? So there's, so every season they have a deluxe edition of. Mm. Sorry, every year that every expansion pack they have a deluxe edition and a non-deluxe edition, and for I don't know how long. Like for as long as I can remember, gamers. I'm going to use that in inverted commas. Gamers have always been asking for actual content in deluxe editions and not just, you know, right. like a little gun you get for free or a skin. They've been like, oh, mm. can I get something extra? Um, <laughs> so now Bungie are giving us extra content for getting the deluxe edition, which you can yeah. buy separately if you want to, or you can just buy the deluxe edition. And now they're complaining about it. The, the, only, the only valid mm. criticism I can see is that it's making it a bit more confusing. Like when... Um, We've, we've been playing a bit with Doug, friend of the show. Uh, yep. And there was um, an old dungeon um, 
not even a yeah presage um which is a an exotic quest not, not even a dungeon yeah it's is not it? even a dungeon it's just a quest an yeah. exotic quest that uh he didn't use to play destiny so he didn't buy that expansion which is now free to play no it's, it wasn't even an expansion was it, it i thought it, it was, was in Forsa- uh, part of forsaken or was it part of the season it wasn't pass? part of it was part of the season part of the season in forsaken yeah uh, he didn't yeah. buy so that he, season so he had yeah. to buy a piece of dlc separately so he could do this exotic quest with us which yeah i mean now it was i think it was like three pounds or something for him to buy it was it wasn't a lot of money but it was just the faff of like let's go and do this quest and him us being very confused for about five minutes of like why can't we do this quest and it turned out I because mean, he didn't own that season that it was available basically for for most of us it's been fairly straightforward like you buy the every year there's a big expansion and then buy. there's a year's worth of content that's uh, divided into seasons and you can buy a season pass or you can buy each season individually. So it's like basically each year is like a new game plus a season pass for it. And if you buy the deluxe um, edition, you get the new game and the season pass and a few and the season pass in one. Yeah. Which if and you're playing Destiny you all the time... cheaper. If yeah. you're playing Destiny all the time, it just makes sense to do that because you're getting your best bang for buck. You know you're going to play it all year. It's when mm. people like Doug, who haven't always played Destiny or maybe don't play Destiny that much, they might dip in and out, they might buy the expansion and not the season pass. That's where mm. it gets a bit more confusing because you have to kind of have that little, right, what do you need to buy so we can do this mission with you sort of thing. Um, but yeah, I, yeah I'm i not that fussed. I'm, I was going to buy the deluxe edition anyway. I've bought it now. Thank you. I mean, yeah, um, if you want everything, it's the cheapest way to get it anyway. And like, especially if you're getting it on PC, you should be buying it full price anyway. Like, so it's, it's 87 pounds for the full whack, which is like the witch queen expansion. Um, the, the deluxe version of the witch queen expansion, which includes the season pass and also the destiny 30th anniversary one. But I mean, you got it from CD keys for 60 quid. Yeah. Um, but that's uh, the thing like the last the last three years i've just bought the deluxe edition anyway because that's your best book which exactly for people like us it's it's not too complicated because it's just like you're just buying the destiny that whole year's worth of content in one go yeah to me to me destiny now is is like a yearly sub basically yeah the confusion this year is that they've added in there's not only is there like the expansion and the season pass there's also the Bungie's 30th anniversary thing which yeah. is a, its own separate thing as well and then they've also said okay this time we will actually give you a tangible benefit for buying the deluxe deluxe edition which mm. is uh, an exclusive couple of dungeons and then that's upset people even though the people who are probably upset about it were going to get the <laughs> deluxe edition anyway Yeah. so I don't understand it no, I mean, like I say, the the only thing that I'm disappointed in is it's making it a bit more difficult for the casual Destiny player to Ooh. experience everything, potentially. Um, From what I've read, though, you will be able to upgrade to the Digital yes. Deluxe Edition at any point. Yes, you can. And you can also so, buy the dungeons separately if you want to. Yeah. If you just want those, you can also buy those separately. It's just, yeah, it's a just little, it's an added layer of confusion, I suppose, is what I'm saying, that didn't need yeah. to be there. But... Who Agreed. you know? Eh, I'm not that fussed about it. Nope. Um, Gamers were just complain. Yeah. Gamers complaining. People <laughs> complain. Never. <laughs> um, we've of course been continuing our F1 season. Um, Hell yeah! 
yeah, we had a bit of a break, obviously, because we had a couple of weeks off. We had some holidays yep. and things like that. So it actually coincided pretty nicely because it was the actual se- the actual F1 season break is typically before Spa. Uh, they have like August yep. off and then they come back at the end of August for Spa. And mm-hmm. yeah, we had a break just before Spa. So it was really timed well. Um, yeah. What was the race before? The we- Hungaro Ring. Hungaro Ring. I had a bit of a nightmare. I really like Hungaro Ring. It's... Um, they describe it as Monaco without the walls. It's a very, very technical... The average uh, top speed is very low. Lots of tight, twisty, low-speed corners. Incredibly hard to overtake in. Um, I fudged up my qualifying and ended up starting from, like... I don't know where it was. Ninth, I think? I think I, I think started so. ninth. Yeah. But I was like, it's fine. There's a few places on this grid where I can overtake. Uh... And I did do a few overtakes, but then I also did a few spins uh, and ruined all the good work I did with those tasty overtakes. And I think mm. I finished like seventh. Yeah. <laughs> in the end. Um, but um, yeah, I enjoyed that. Whereas uh, you were you you started on pole, and I think you you were pretty, sat there pretty pretty comfortably for the entire race, right? Uh, where did you have a bit of a fight with Perez? I can't remember. Um. I genuinely can't remember much of that race. I'm not going to lie. Um, I th- I'm pretty sure... It was sure, a few weeks ago. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that... Um, yeah, I, I think I probably qualified pole. And then I think Perez got past me at the start because I didn't have a very good start. But then sure. within a few laps, I was ahead of him again. And yeah. I just shot off into the distance, I seem to remember. I think yeah. there was interest... I remember now there was an interesting strategy because the AI um, went on to... The extra softs when I went on mediums so I didn't realize it at the time so I was a bit worried that um, Perez and Charles uh, were catching up with me mm-hmm. and then when Chazzy looked at the screen in more detail he was like oh they're on soft it's okay and I was like oh okay why am I on mediums then um, so yeah that was a bit strange but yeah I, I think I, it was a pretty comfortable one for me um, Yeah. so yeah and then we had um practice and qualifying for spa last night which was great fun um we yep. had a dry dry practice and then a wet quali one no a dry quali one that turned wet yeah a starting wet quali two and it, it went dry very quickly very quickly yeah. and then a dry quali three um yeah but yeah front row lock out spa Woo! i think the race is gonna be wet it's meant though. to be wet all the time isn't it yeah and Spa is, I mean, anyone who's done any racing will know Spa and you'll know Eau Rouge and Redion, which is like, uh, uh, in the dry in a Formula One car, it's not a problem at all. It's flat out. Um, in the wet in a Formula One car and in any pretty much any other racing discipline, Eau Rouge and Radion are incredibly tricky corners to take because if you mess it up, you're going to spin and bin it really hard. Mm. But if you take it too slowly then you're going to be at a disadvantage because there's a really long straight after those corners yep uh, you are so, compromised for the entire straight which is yeah. very long one of the longest straights on the calendar yeah but uh, spa is beautiful it's still yep. uh, it's it's home i think chazzy said it's, last night didn't he? he he said the thing about spa is it always just feels like coming home yep every racing every new racing game you jump in spa um first and uh yeah it's my favorite circuit in the world i love racing it 
Uh, so I'm not always the quickest on it, uh, but I just enjoy racing it. So I'm looking forward to the, the full rate. Even if it is tipping it down, it'll just be fun. Uh, yeah. I'm looking forward to that. Fun. Yeah. And then after that, we've got Zandvoort, which is a very cool circuit in the Netherlands. And then Monza, the Temple of Speed. Mm. Yeah. So a good few fun races before we go to Singapore. Yeah. Um, I've also likes. I've also been playing a bit of, not as much as you, Deathloop. Oh, shit, yeah. Um, which is, of course, Arcane's latest game, which mm-hmm. I think, you know, talked about before, really. Um, but it's everything that they've worked on. You can feel and see different parts of their past games in it and everything that they've learned. And just going from stride to stride, everything's just pretty much perfect it, it is their perfect game uh i <laughs> i don't know how they're going to top it to be honest it's uh, when it when when it was announced i got excited for death loop and then every trailer i saw afterwards i was i thought that looks cool i'm still not sure how it's going to play or if i'm going to enjoy it but when it landed it's just it looks completely different to any arcane game that came before it, but it feels yep. the same. They they have nailed that kind of dishonored stealth, not stealth combat. That's just yeah. I don't know. I don't know how they do yeah. it, but it, it's perfect. Um, really. Um, There's. Um, I'd really like to do a proper deep dive on it once once you finished it. Yeah. Um, no, definitely. Uh, I think once once Gare's finished it as well, we'll probably get him on to we, we we can do a proper deep dive into it. But um, yeah, it reminds me of so so many different games, not even arcane games. Like it's got bits of Half Life Two in there, kind of thing yeah. with like the pseudo science and um, yeah, it's it's a really good game. I like it's PC and PS Five, isn't it at the moment? Um, yes, PC and PS Five exclusive. Um, yeah, um, but yeah, Xbox next year, I presume. Probably these exclusives usually like twelve months and it'll be on Xbox. Yeah, but yeah. no, really, really fantastic game, really great game so far. Uh, and I'm, I'm assuming it's only going to get better. Um, and then the only other thing I've been playing isn't really new to me, uh, which is uh, of course uh, Alan Wake remastered. <laughs> um, what can I say uh, about Alan Wake? It's one of my favourite games of all time, and now it's in remastered glory. Um, yeah, it's it's the, the same game that we all know and love, um, lovingly brought up to, sort of, not, not not it's not like a brand new game. Obviously, cause it's still in the same engine. There's no ray tracing. The all the models are up resed. Uh, it's got new shiny lighting. Um, there's no ray tracing because it was would have been a pain to backfit into a very old engine. Um, but yeah, it's it's got a few little hidden new things. The the only thing that I would say is bad about <laughs> it is. I now want to go back and play the original Alan Wake again, side by side, so I can see what's new and what's changed, because I'm, I am one of those saddos that spent far too long just obsessing over the, the little details in Alan Wake. Um, <laughs> and now I'm like, I'm pretty sure this wasn't here, but I want to go back and check. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I really like all of the um, like little signs and things in, in control as well when there's like a wall with notice boards on it. I'm, I'm always looking at reading all the notices and stuff. Um, yeah. And it's really fun that obviously in Alan Wake, they could only do that with big pictures in the original because of the resolution of like the Xbox 360. 
mm-hmm. and it was it was a really intensive game as well. Apparently, it was like rendered at not even nowhere, nowhere close to seven twenty. It was like a, a really low res game um, that was up resed because it, of how powerful it is. Um, but yeah, like, now it's in obviously modern PCs and, and consoles. Um, they've like filled in like newspaper clippings and stuff like that. Um, so um, yeah, it's it's nice almost. It's nice read playing through the story and discovering new tales that were kind of always meant to be there, um, but are there now. So, and then they've apparently done some work to fit it in with the control universe, um, or fit it more in with the control universe. So, yeah, really enjoying that game again so far, and mm. yeah, I'll be playing through, continuing that. <coughs> uh, anything else? Um, I think that's it. I'm pretty sure that's it. Okay. Uh, I'll run through what I've been playing quickly. Then there's not really been a lot. Destiny, like you, um, probably not as much as you actually, but uh, yeah, enjoying enjoying the spoopy season. Uh, the new event is not the most complicated, uh, but it's probably more enjoyable than some of the previous ones. Um, yeah, it's good fun. I quite like Glint's little spooky stories narration uh when you're doing them um is it is it's called glint isn't it crow's ghost yes yes it is i think he's called glint yeah at one point he was called pull pork which is weird anyway yeah uh glint um yeah i enjoy that it's a lot of a grind you've got to do a bunch of active and of course destiny like as soon as someone finds a way to easily grind out the pages that you need to take into the haunted lost sectors they nerf it, so it takes longer, so you have to play more. So I'm, I'm probably not going to grind out everything that I want to from this event, but it's you know it's just fun. It's just fun. It's just something something different to do in this incredibly long six-month season. Um, what else? Um, PC Building Simulator. I've uh, been enjoying that quite a lot. It dropped for free on Epic Game Store. Uh, and was apparently subsequently downloaded by like four million people. Uh, so there's a lot of a lot of other people playing that. It's basically you you run like a PC repair shop, uh, and you take in pieces that need repairing or upgrading, or you make new builds and you buy the you order the parts and put the PCs together and send them out and make profit. And that's it. But it's just kind of really relaxing to really relaxing game to play. Mm. Um, while I was away, I took my, um, switch with me, didn't actually end up playing a huge amount, but I did start playing, um, Fire Emblem Three Houses, which, uh, my other half's a huge Fire Emblem fan and she's put, I don't know, 200 odd hours into that game. She played it through, uh, to completion three times. She played through the storylines for each of the three houses, um, and she absolutely loved it. I thought, well, I'll give it a go because I've I've quite liked the the Fire Emblem games. But um, occasionally, I like to not have to stare at a, a small screen, and I quite like to play it on a big screen. So having one on the Switch finally was, felt like a good point to jump in. Um, it's really good uh, so far. Uh, I'm really enjoying. It. I need to I need to jump back into it and, and chip away a little bit more because it's a it's a long old game um, from what I understand. It's you know traditional Fire Emblem. It's a tactical turn-based combat stuff 
uh, with a few changes. There's not so much emphasis on the swords beat axes beat spears beat swords triangle thing. Um, but uh, the, the whole thing is like your um, there's like a monastery where 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 kids go to to learn the ways of Warcraft. Uh, and there's three houses um, that represent the three kingdoms. And you, at the beginning of the game, you choose which one of those houses you're going to be like the, um, the the head of, the teacher for, the mentor for. Are you, um, are you sure you don't put a hat on and it tells you which one you're going to be in? No, no, no. It's not that Harry <laughs> Potter. But um, but it is, it, I don't know, I remember a lot of people like describing it as like Harry Potter, um, Fire Emblem. And I can kind of, I can see that it's like, uh, it's like a big school basically. Uh, with different houses uh, and everyone's kind of friendly at the moment but as far as I understand that won't hold true for long and there'll be uh, like big rifts Uh, there's a lot of stuff to do in between the fights it's more RPG than it has ever been Um, but uh, yeah I like it so far Um, need to play some more of that I would have played more um, but I uh, unfortunately fell back into the civilization trap uh, uh, on on the ipad <laughs> and started playing civ uh civ 6 again uh on my ipad um for yeah quite a lot of time in like in in the evenings um when i was on holiday and then for my it's like a five and a half hour drive uh from cornwall back up to where we live um so for half of that journey uh while Zoe was driving, I was playing that as well. And then as soon as I got home, I pretty much just loaded up Civ 6 on the PC once I'd unpacked and <laughs> started playing through a game on there as well. I really, really like Civ. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah. Uh, playing through uh, another game. Just picked like a leader that I hadn't played through before. Trying to go for a religious victory this time, which is one that I've never done before. I usually go for like... Um, well, I usually try and go for a science victory and then end up getting goaded into uh, getting into a war with everyone. Um, and it usually happens. Like, so on, on the, the one I was playing on my iPad, I was like, right, I'm just, I'm just going to quietly expand in my little corner of this continent and go for a science victory. And then the people around me started building new, new settlements right on my borders. And I'd be like, please don't build right on my borders. And they're like, no, I'm going to keep building on your borders. And I'm like, fine. And then I do something in like the the policy settings within my my nation, which would upset them, and then they all start denouncing me, and then they declare war on me, <laughs> uh, and then I'd fight back, and I'd be like, right, okay, you declared war on me after you built this settlement right on my border, so I'm gonna smash your troops here, and I'm gonna take that settlement, and then we'll make peace. Uh, and I did that a few times, and then everybody in the entire game, on even even civilizations on other continents who I never really came near, never really had any dealings with, all started denouncing me as a warmonger. I was like, "Well, I didn't start it. Sure, I took some land in the like as a you know during the war, but I didn't start the war in the first place. I was quite happy just doing my own thing. Um, it was the first time." that I had been denounced uh, and or at war with every single other civilization in a game. Um, 
that one's still going. I haven't finished that game. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I started one on uh, on the PC where I'm, I'm going for a religious victory, which I've, I've never done before. Uh, so that's a slightly different way of playing the game, and I'm trying to trying to to spread my my spread my beliefs out amongst the world and see how that goes. Um, have you ever played? How else have I played? Stellaris. Sorry, go ahead. Have you ever played Star- Stellaris? Um, I tried playing. Uh, I tried playing that, and it's like it's hard. Um, whenever I try playing like a new one of those games, hmm. like I try playing like Europa Universalis, uh, and games like that, I, I'll sit there and I'll get lost in the menus, and then I'll be like, I'll just play Civ instead. I understand <coughs> Civ. Um. I'm worried that I won't like the new Age of Empires because I'll just be like, oh, I wish I was just playing Civ instead. <laughs> um, but I should probably try a few more of those those games out. Mm. Um, Anno was another one mm. um, that I wanted to try. Uh, but I, I never tried Civilization Beyond Earth. Or what, I think that's what it was called. Yes, it the was. Civ, Civ in Space. I never yeah. tried that either. I should mm. probably give that a try at some point. Um but yeah, I just mm. love Civilization. I, I, they don't bring them out very often. <clears throat> Civ Six yeah. is a good few years old now, and it'll probably be another good few years before you get a Civ Seven. Not but, quite uh, the well, completely different, really. But Age of Empires Four is coming out soon, like in a few weeks. Yeah. yeah, looking forward to that. Yeah, I mean, I'll give it a try. But like I said, I think I, I may just start playing it and be like, "Oh, I wish I was playing Civ instead." Um, so we'll see how it goes. I know it's a very different game, but mm. you know. Um, I played some of Marvel's The Avengers uh, and have since uninstalled it. Um, it had a really promising start. Uh, it's a quite because uh, it, it it jumped it got dropped on Game Pass. Um, and the, the the first few levels are um, you're playing as as Ms. Marvel and it's a, a really decent linear single player sort of game and then you go and find bruce banner and then you go and find um the the, the basic premise is there's an event that happens at the beginning which means the avengers are sort of like broken up and they're living in hiding uh and once you find a couple of them then the game just becomes a like the single player version of what the multiplayer stuff in that game is and it's like go to this you go to this map and you pick a level and you go to that level and it's Sometimes it'll be like five or six different missions in the same area and you just keep going back to the same area and punching robots because the only enemies are robots and you punch a bunch of robots and get some stuff and then you go back to the, the your base and then you go to the same area again and punch robots to get a slightly different thing and then go back and at that point I was just like I'm done with this but the beginning is like it was it showed so much promise um, that th- the game became so instantly disappointing. Um, I can understand why why it did so badly and why it lost something like $60 million for Square Enix. I think they said was the oh. losses on that game. Um, I've also been playing uh, the... 
Enix. That was a live service game for Square Enix that failed. And the next game I played was another live service game for Square Enix that apparently failed. Uh, People Can Fly's Outriders. Um, Chazzy and, and Adam played a bunch of this when it when it came out to Game Pass on Xbox, but it, it didn't come to PC. Uh, and my Xbox uh, has been dead for a while, so I couldn't play it with them. But it's finally come to PC, and I've, I've played a bunch of that. And it's a... It's a fairly decent cover shooter with some interesting kind of um, abilities and stuff. The storyline I don't care about. The setting's kind of neat, like a like a futuristic... It's like post-apocalyptic nightmare, but on an alien planet as well. Um, it's I don't know. It's kind of neat. I'm going to play a bit more of that. I don't know how long I'll stick with it, but I, I want to get it to the point where I can um, I can get Adam and and, and Chazzy to jump... Uh, jump back in and I'll be on the sort of same sort of level as them and um, play some with actual people rather than playing with randoms. Um, speaking of co-op, I played a little bit of uh, Back for Blood, but I've only played that with randoms. That is definitely a Left for Dead game, but with some more interesting new uh, wrinkles. Um, like the director that was in the Left 4 Dead games that would like decide what sort of uh, what sort of enemies and in what sort of intensity and whatnot that would happen in a level which meant that each playthrough was slightly different. That's back in Back for Blood. But can also the director can pull cards with different buffs for enemies and then you get a chance to like counter pick cards um, before you start the level. So there's like a deck building element to it as well. Um, it's just a little, a, a little bit more complex than the Left 4 Dead games were, but I, mm. I've only played that with randoms, and it's just not the same playing with people you can't communicate with. I want to play that with, with some friends, so we need to sort something out soon. Um, I don't know if I've played anything else. No, uh, oh, I think that's it that I can remember. I'm sure I played some. Oh no, I played Inertial Drift. Because I picked it up for like three pounds something or other from from somewhere. Uh, Initial Drift is a arcade racing game, um, an arcade drift racing game, but it's it's like a twin stick drifter. So right trigger is accelerate, left trigger is brake. Um, the left stick is your uh, steering, although the, most of the time it, it doesn't have a huge effect um the the your right stick is what makes you drift and so like you're you as you're going around a long corner you're like you're you're controlling your drift with the right stick but can controlling the angle of the drift with the left stick as well as well as controlling the throttle and the brakes um so it's like it sounds really complicated and i thought it would be really complicated it's actually really intuitive and really really easy to get into the swing of it uh and it's a it's a really really good solid arcade racer uh if you like like uh the old ridge racer games or um god any of those old like arcade drift racing games then um i think you probably like inertial drift uh and it's available pretty cheap on a lot of platforms it's on both the big boy consoles and the Switch and PC. Uh, it's very good. Looks very nice. Lovely soundtrack. Decent racer. Nice. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty sure that's everything I've, I've played. Um, have either of you seen the new Uncharted movie trailer? It's finally dropped. Has it? I, I saw it drop, but I've not watched it yet. 
All I did see was, all it did was um, make people reshare the uh, fan-made Nathan Fillion one from a few years ago. (laughs) Oh, that was really good. Like, oh, the perfect actor to play Nathan Drake. Yep. Tom Holland, I'm sure, will be great, but... He's playing young Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they could do like, like they did young indie and like normal indie, didn't they? With Indiana Jones. They They did young indie, right? They did do Young Indie. It was a TV series, wasn't it? Yes, it was. Yeah. Um, They could do that with Nathan Drake and finally get Nathan Fillion in. Yeah. But I just like Nathan Fillion. Yeah, I know. Who doesn't? Um, I can see. It's fine. I can see Tom Holland. He's a fine actor. I can see him being young Nathan Drake. What I I can't get in my head around is... um, uh, Mark Wahlberg as Sully. Mark Wahlberg as Sully. Yeah. Mm. Not right. Because even in like, uh, it, it just doesn't look right, and doesn't sound right. Was it Matt Wahlberg at one point going to play Nathan Drake? That's how long this film's been in development. Yeah, I think but at one point Mark Wahlberg has aged out of playing. I think it was that was a different um, thing, wasn't it? There was because it was originally floated about five years ago, and then someone picked it up and it was dropped, and then it's come back. Someone else has picked yeah. it up. I'm amazed that it's even happening. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't hold I mean, out when, hope that it'll be any good. What was the last video game, like, being a video game first film? Was it Assassin's, Assassin's Creed? Creed? Yes. Detective Pikachu. Um, uh, I, a serious ones uh, would be, yeah. Uh, Assassin's, Assassin's Creed, Creed probably would be it, one. wouldn't it? Mm. Yeah. Oh, no, no. Monster Hunter. Yeah. Other months. Oh, okay. Monster Hunter was the year. last year. Mm. Uh, it wasn't very good. Okay. Um. Yeah, there's no. Yeah, I mean, it could finally be the good one. Are they still making a film or a series on The Last of Us? Yes. Uh, there's yeah. some. There was some um, filming Sets. pictures. TV set, set pic- yeah. Released the other week. Not released, yeah. but leaked the other day. I think I saw. Okay. So it's definitely still in the works. I don't even know who's being cast in that, but um, we'll see. Mm. Um, uh, Mandal guy, Mandalorian guy, um, Pascal. Uh, oh, shit. Yeah, I know the guy. Um, he's, Chilean dude. He's, yeah, he's Joel. Pedro Pascal. Pedro Pascal. Um, yeah. I don't know who plays Ali. I'm not sure. No. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I'll probably watch that um, when it's out. Um, I was going to say something. Oh yeah, I was talking about video game movie crossovers. Um, I saw that uh, Paul Atreides and um, Chani from Dune have found their way into Fortnite. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, oh, and the sandworms as well, and uh, some emotes based on Dune have found their way into Fortnite as well. I mean, it's not quite as egregious as the when they put Martin Luther King in there, but um, still pretty, pretty <laughs> fucking weird. Nothing can escape Fortnite. Nothing. Nothing can. Uh, no, no one. No one can escape Fortnite's clutches. They've had everyone, including not. Not a Will Smith character, but Will Smith himself available as a skin in Fortnite. 
<laughs> Fucking game. Um, yeah, I think that about wraps it up. I'm, I'm, yeah. uh, I've got anything else to talk about? Not that I can. No. Can't. Anything else? No. Any other business? Uh, I've no. just been watching this Fire Emblem gameplay, and I can confirm this is very Harry Potter. Three houses, yeah. They've I got, think like, you quite like got it. The Great Hall, and they eat yep. food, and they learn spells in the Great Hall, and yeah, this, yeah, yeah. You get, um, you basically at the beginning, you, you have like a calendar, um, and each week. You have, so each Sunday you have like the chance of being able to do certain things. So you can like spend your time going out and like um, doing like practice battles, fighting bandits or whatever. Mm -hmm. Or you can just go around the school and like interact with people and build your relationships with them and like maybe invite a couple of, yeah, invite a couple of characters for dinner or whatever. Yeah, very persona. Uh, But the rest of the time it's like you're also their teacher. And so you have to like, decide you have to plan the lessons um and decide like what sort of direction you're going to take the lessons in that week to to boost particular stats uh or to retrain characters in a particular style or whatever um it's really cool uh i really like it if you if you i don't know if you've ever played like that sort of turn-based i suppose you played um oh what was the indie one from the other year I can't remember what it's called. The Advance Wars one. It's kind of like Advance Wars, but like um, swords and sword and shields. And I can't remember stuff. what it's called, but it's good. Yeah, yeah. If you yeah. if you like that, um, you'll probably like Fire Emblem. Uh, yeah, and in between like the turn-based combat stuff, it is a very like yeah, very Persona-esque style RPG. We have to decide how you're going to spend your time and you're building relationships with the characters and and whatnot and. It's got a yeah, a bit of a Harry Potter vibe to it. It ticks a lot of boxes. Yeah. That I think I think you'd enjoy. Um but being a Nintendo first party title, good luck trying to find it cheap. Mm, definitely. Yeah. Cool. Alright, should we wrap this up then? Cool. It is late on a school night and we've been mm. going for nearly two hours. Well. Um As always you can find us on Twitter at LabsGamer. Uh you can find the highlights of our... Or no, you can find the whole thing. The whole archives of our um, Formula One nonsense. Everything. Uh, everything over on um, twitch.tv forward slash lapsgamer. Um, still nothing on the website, Andy. You've been slacking. Just a bit, you know. Just I've a bit. Yeah, you know. To be life. fair, I haven't written anything either. So I can't really criticize you too much. But we'll get some stuff up on there. Um, might start getting some more stuff on the YouTube. I know Chazzy put together a highlight reel of some of our Formula One antics on YouTube uh, fairly recently. That's over on, yeah, just search YouTube for Laps Gamer and you'll see the stuff on there. Very well edited. Uh, yeah, thanks very much for listening. Uh, fellas, thanks very much for joining me. Lovely to chat to you again. Uh, oh, yeah. I will catch you on the next episode uh, in a couple of weeks. Bye. Bye.